You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Today's episode is all about pregnancy, and pregnancy is always a wonderful time. But today's guest, Hannah Bronfman, and I, we've had the shared and unique experience of being pregnant during this pandemic. And being pregnant during a pandemic, there's some things about it that are actually great, but there are inevitable challenges. I'd say... The first one that I realized very quickly is that partners couldn't come with you into your ultrasound. So my husband has not been able to join me for all of my maternal fetal imaging scans where you get to basically see the baby and hear the heartbeat. Some hospitals are loosening up restrictions, but I've been alone for a lot of those appointments and I've either had to call him on speakerphone or FaceTime him in. But those are things that you usually feel like you want your partner right there with you. And then I think especially early on, thinking back to March, I was really nervous about just even going into a hospital where people are sick. This is at the peak of COVID when we really didn't know what was going on. It's just kind of a little bit scary going into these medical spaces. But now all of those fears have subsided. And I know that hospitals are actually some of the safest places you can be because they're really adhering to strict guidelines. Another challenge being pregnant during a pandemic, it's hard to plan kind of big gatherings. You know, baby showers look very different. I did my baby shower outdoors in Central Park with a very small group of friends and it was beautiful and lovely. But I think a lot of people look forward to doing their baby shower. They don't want to do a baby shower on Zoom. And that's just an inevitable challenge that if you are pregnant right now, you're probably thinking through what's a safe way to gather the people I love to celebrate this moment. All learning is virtual now as well. So if you're taking a birthing class or anything to really prep you for pregnancy, you're probably taking these classes online. I actually liked doing the online classes. I did my hypnobirthing class over Zoom. It was a six-week course. I dialed in every Thursday. It was perfect, but it's certainly not what I imagined. I thought about you know sitting with my partner and doing the breathing exercises in a room full of other couples as well. So that's a little bit of a shift. And then last but not least, with this pandemic, I think that there is just stress related to how you're organizing family logistics how are you how are you coordinating you know your grandparents seeing the baby how are you overcoming issues with travel and quarantining and all of these kind of mental gymnastics that weren't as much of a consideration before that you now really have to take into account 
And we know that stress is really important to manage during pregnancy. So for anyone out there that is pregnant during this time, I really feel for you. All of the challenges being stated, there are things that are nice and perks about being pregnant during this time. I think the first one is no one is really traveling. I think back to the beginning of my pregnancy in January, February, I was I was traveling. I was still going from New York to San Francisco, sometimes twice a month. That was really taxing. And I was so tired the first trimester. So it's nice that no one's really traveling. You don't have obligations to travel. There's no commute to work here in New York City. I didn't have to deal with getting on the subway, being squished. That's just not a consideration. Mostly everyone I know is working from home. And then this is a little bit superficial, but you don't have any FOMO. There's no real fear of missing out on fun things happening. No one's really doing that much of anything. So it's kind of like you can just relax knowing that you're not missing out on things. And because fewer people are organizing social gatherings, it's not like you have a birthday party every weekend or a get together or a drinks or a this or a that. You basically get to spend a lot more time on yourself. I found that I've gotten to devote a lot more time to self-care than I ever would have been able to before, which has been really nice. So Hannah and I talk on this episode about our experiences with pregnancy. And she actually called me from her hotel room in Nantucket where she was on her baby moon with Brendan. If you guys haven't heard the episode that I did with her and her husband, Brendan, it's incredible. Go back and listen to it. I released it in February of this year and they're just the sweetest couple and I couldn't be happier for them. Um, But Hannah was, yeah, she was calling in from a hotel room. And here's the surreal part of me recording this intro. By the time you guys hear this, I will have likely already given birth. This week has been all about prepping because the baby could come truly any day now. So I've got my box braids in. Alicia did them. She's my go-to person for all of my box braids. They look great. I'm getting my gel manicure this Saturday, making sure my nails are on point and ready for delivery. And I've packed my to-go bag with all of my skincare and I've packed some light makeup as well. I'm bringing my new concealer from Kosas that I'm very excited about. Mascara, lip balm. The lip balm I packed is from Dr. Barbara Sturm. That's a really good lip balm. Um, a cheek tint from Milk Makeup. And that's it. I'm not like trying to do a full face with like highlighter and contour at the hospital. But I feel like you take a lot of pictures the day your baby's born. So I just concealer and mascara and a little cheek tint. Like I feel like I'm entitled to that. For skincare, I packed a few things more, but I also held back a lot. You guys will, you guys know what my normal skincare rundown is. I packed hand cream because I know it's so dry in hospitals, a facial moisturizer, a good, like a small little travel cleanser, cotton pads, a body balm and soap. I think you shower after. I know that you're in the hospital for at least 24 hours. It could be 48 hours. So I just want to make sure I had everything if I take a shower. I packed my hand sanitizer of choice. I love the Ona Organics hand sanitizer. I think it's the best hand sanitizer I have tried. And then I have my essential oil roller balls. And I made one especially for my delivery. So I put in um, Palo Santo, frankincense, and grapefruit. And I'm just going to inhale this throughout the delivery. And it really keeps me calm and grounded. So I'm excited about that. And then, of course, I have a rose water spray packed and ready. And I've already instructed my husband that 
if I'm feeling dry throughout, like use this spray, spray it on my face because it's what's going to make me feel good. So I'm excited about the cosmetics and skincare that I have in my hospital to go bag. And yeah, we're just keeping it literally in the car so that the moment this is all going down, I can just jump in the car and go. If you're pregnant and listening to this, shout out to you. But I hope a lot of you listening to this are far from pregnancy because I feel like one of the things that I wish that I had more insight into is what the pregnant experience was before it happened to me. I didn't find a lot of women talking about pregnancy. I wasn't that close to people's pregnancy journeys. So hopefully this will be educational for many of you who haven't experienced pregnancy yet as well. And you guys know, each episode of Naked Beauty, we use a throwback song from the 2000s, early 90s sometimes. And I'm actually, I'm going to pick today's song. We're going to go with Baby Boy, Beyonce and Sean Paul, because hopefully by the time you listen to this, I've got my baby boy in my arms and I've always just loved this song. (laughs) All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Naked Beauty Planet on Instagram. I'm at Brooke DeVard on all social channels if you want to stay in touch with me and enjoy this episode with Hannah. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I am on with Hannah, who you're actually on your baby moon. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Fourth time on the podcast, but we both have one big thing in common right now that we are both pregnant. I love it. I'm so excited that I can't believe this is my fourth time back on the podcast, first of all, and that we get to share our pregnancies through a pandemic together. Exactly. Pregnancies through a pandemic. And I also, I, I don't have many friends that are pregnant right now. So this is actually going to be like my first time, like really talking in depth about all of the pregnancy changes. And it is, it's a lot. Like, yeah, it is a lot. No one prepares you. Definitely not. Well, the first thing I wanted to do was chat about pregnancy mistakes that I've made because I feel like there's a lot of judgment around being a mother. There's a lot of things that you can do wrong, but I feel like it even starts before the baby comes. So I'll just start with my first big pregnancy mistake I made. Well, you know, we were in Japan together. That is, I guess, when I got pregnant, I had no idea. We weren't really planning it properly. Like it just, like I went off of birth control on like a Thursday and I must have gotten pregnant on like a Monday. Like it was. Oh my God. 
Yeah. And I thought that you had to be off of birth control for a few weeks and your body had to adjust. And I just assumed it was going to take some time, but I got pregnant immediately. And when I got back to New York, I took a pregnancy test because I was a week late and it was negative. And after the pregnancy test was negative, I just went on living my life. I remember I went to the polo bar. I had some cocktails one night. I was drinking wine. Then I was another week late. My period was another week late. I took another test and lo and behold, I was pregnant. So I was crying hysterically for maybe like <laughs> two hours because I was like, I've like done irreparable damage to my baby. I can't believe I'm so irresponsible. I've been drinking and everyone, all the doctors like calmed me down. They were like, it's fine. It's fine. Some women don't find out they're pregnant until like 16 weeks. But that was like my first like, oh my gosh, I've really messed up and done something horrible. That's so funny. First of all, I've heard that the baby doesn't really even attach until eight weeks. So I think it actually is totally fine. Yeah, I think (laughs) it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Cocktails and, and all the things. I have also been under the belief of having wine during my pregnancy is good for my stress levels. So, so you mentioned a little wine here and there. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most people say that it's totally fine. I haven't done it. And maybe it's because I'm so scarred from those weeks <laughs> that I didn't know that I'm just like terrified. And I'm also like not that big of a drinker. So I've just like forgone for the entire pregnancy. But yeah, most people say that it's in moderation. It's totally fine. Totally. Okay. okay so I guess my first pregnancy mistake would be I had a prenatal um, that I really loved. It was like a chewable prenatal from this brand called Seeking Health. And I have a, what's it called? Like a genetic defect called MTHFR. It's actually very common, but it means that I need like a methylated form of full, like folinic acid. So I need like a folate prenatal. Anyway, I found this prenatal that I thought was great and I was taking it for months, but I had no idea until one day, like, Brendan told me that, like, so basically I had no idea that my husband, like, hated the way it smelled. It was a chewable prenatal, and I would take it every night before I went to bed, and he literally was like, this prenatal is so disgusting, like, I cannot smell this, like, smell anymore, like, you need to, like, switch up the prenatal, like, I cannot deal, and I was like, oh my god, like, I had no, I had no idea. Um, Wait, what did it smell like? Well, it was just like, it kind of was like one of those like vitamin C type of like chewables. Okay. That's like what it felt like or tasted like to me. But I guess, I don't know, maybe Brennan's having some pregnancy side effects like (laughs) heightened smell because he was not down. Um, (laughs) So then I found, I switched to a prenatal that is a capsule and has like no apps aftertaste or anything. And that's from Ritual. Yeah. So get yourself a prenatal that like your partner still finds you attractive. (laughs) (laughs) Prenatals. Let's just stay on this for a second because I feel like, I don't know if it's pregnancy hormones or prenatals, but my hair and nails have grown more than ever. And I haven't had any breakouts pretty much like my entire pregnancy. And I don't know if it's the prenatals or pregnancy hormones. So I don't know what's up either. My hair hasn't necessarily grown, but at the same time, I can't really tell when it grows because my hair 
has never been more curly in my life. Yeah, your hair's looking great, by the way. Thank you so much. But, you know, with the curls, it's so hard to tell if I'm having growth or not. My nails are very healthy and I'm totally with you. I have not had a breakout and it's so lovely. It's so great. I think pregnancy glow is like a real thing. Uh uh But not for everyone. Some people get horrible breakouts. I agree. Some people do get horrible breakouts. So I think it's just like literally case by case. But I have to say like, I don't have visible breakouts, but even I used to have like very congested skin and I have like zero congestion. Really? Yeah. And it's not like I've been like over exfoliating or anything. Like I just, I don't even know. My skin is just clear. And I have to say, I have not had any melasma. Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah, I feel I wonder if that's also the melasma thing. I wonder if that's also more prominent in lighter skin tones as opposed to darker skin tones with melanin. Well, I've heard of black women having melasma during pregnancy and specifically having that their neck will get darker than their face um, Mm. or that their like hyperpigmentation is more sensitive during pregnancy. So I have heard of it across the board, but yeah, I feel like that okay, I'm also so I guess we're on the lucky side. Yeah, I'm also like so diligent about sunscreen now. And now that I'm pregnant, I'm using less chemical sunscreens and I'm going to like the physical mineral sunscreen. So I feel like uh-huh. I've been I've been good. My second big pregnancy mistake, and women who are listening to this who have been pregnant or are pregnant, I feel like you learn very quickly not to do this, but just spending too much time on Google when there's like a small problem. I remember in my first trimester, I had spotting, which is just when you have like a little bit of blood. And obviously while you're pregnant, you don't want to see blood. And I just went down the longest Google like rabbit hole of... I basically convinced myself that I was having a miscarriage immediately, didn't sleep all night. Like I think I probably read a million different articles. Um, just really worked myself up into a frenzy. And then um, I had a 20-week anatomy scan and they said that the baby's head was a little bit small and they saw some like kind of like spotting on the brain. And I started going down like this very deep rabbit hole of all of these. So what could it mean in terms of brain development? And what are my next options? Like it was just... Sometimes you just need to ask your doctor for information and say, what are the risks? What do I need to know? And not drive yourself crazy. So I think a big mistake that I made early on was spending too much time on Google. Is that something you've fallen into? So I have to say I'm the opposite. Okay, good. You should be. I have not like fallen into the Google trap, but I know that that is something that so many people do. I'm just not even that way when, when anything arises. Like I'm very much like call my specialist immediately and You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I do not trust WebMD for anything. <laughs> yeah. Good. good. <laughs> um, but I can only imagine the anxiety that that gave you. So yes. yeah. Intense. Okay. So my second big mistake, which actually kind of does fall a little bit in line with internet, which is just that I was very affected by like social media and all of the crazy stories that I was hearing around Black birthing experiences. Mm. And And the mortality rate for Black women being higher. Exactly. And also particularly the story about Emerald Black. Mm. I don't know if 
if you remember which. No, please share. It's honestly a bit graphic and I don't want to freak anyone out, but basically this girl and her husband or her partner were coming home from the hospital, both black, and they got pulled over. The police pulled her out of her car. And I, I mean, I don't even want to say what I'm about to say, but it actually happened to this woman. I feel so horrible that it happened to her, but they, they literally stomped on her and she miscarried. Oh my God. Just like super triggering stories. Yeah. Just like those definitely got the best of me. Yeah. And I think not not to mention, we've been pregnant during this global pandemic, but also during the largest like social justice awakening we've seen in the country, the height of Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Like racial reckoning that we've ever dealt like. Yeah. And really violent graphic videos of harm being done to Black bodies. And I think about the fact that I'm having a boy and he'll be, you know, a black man in America. And one of the biggest things they say about pregnancy is you have to keep your stress levels low. And, Mm -hmm. you know, how you'd have to be kind of like a non-feeling person to not feel stress during this time. So yeah, it's been a lot. Yes. So it's been a lot. Hence my, my glass of wine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Balance it out how you, how you can. Um, Yeah. My third and final mistake, okay, well, my listeners all know this already, but I developed gestational diabetes, which I don't want to blame myself because some people are the healthiest people on earth and they're like raw vegan and they develop gestational diabetes because it's just your placenta. Like some people do everything right and they're super healthy. And and sometimes it's just genetic. And sometimes it's just genetic. There are also like racial factors. It's more common for... Latinx women, black women. So I got gestational diabetes and now I have to, you know, prick my finger four times a day. I can't eat any carbs, any sugar. It's so much work. But I will say that a big mistake that I made once I started cutting out alcohol and I started drinking juice, like I went from drinking zero juice a day, like a healthy Mm -hmm. smoothie or, and then I just started drinking like mango juice, blood orange juice, pineapple juice. And when you, now that I know how much sugar is in a cup of juice, I'm like horrified at what I was Mm -hmm. doing to my body. (laughs) Just like was going off the deep end. Like I was having, I'm not kidding you, Hannah. Like I want to say five to six glasses of juice a day. No. Yes. Like no juice. Yes. Like that is insane. Why were you doing that? Were you just craving it? I think I was just craving it. I found it to be really refreshing. It was like the summertime. <laughs> and like, I like sugar anyway. So I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I like never gotten to juices before. They're delicious. And oh I was just my God. having so much juice. So now I know that it's literally <laughs> the worst thing ever. And I'm back to my like sparkling water with like a slice of lime ways. But yeah, I like really got on the juice train and I'm happy that I'm now off and also that I'm just more aware. The other thing I was drinking um, were iced chai lattes. So much sugar in those, but yeah. So much sugar. You don't realize how much sugar in like when you're drinking something, but has your, has your diet changed at all? So my diet has not really changed and I actually don't really have any pregnancy cravings either, which I was kind of annoyed about. I was hoping I like had something that I could like (laughs) share with the community. Like my mom always talks about how she wanted these like 
olives from this like particular restaurant. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I don't even like furthest thing from that. My diet hasn't really changed. I am hyper aware though about sugars just in general, like right. pre- way pre-pregnancy because I am prone to candida overgrowth. Right. Um, so I really did not want to deal with any sort of like situation in my pregnancy. In the first trimester, I definitely was eating more carb centric foods, but just like not overdoing it really just like, you know, pastas and pizzas when I felt like it, it was also the beginning of the pandemic. I literally found out I was pregnant a week before we went into lockdown. Yes. Um, Oh my God. Which was crazy. So I think mixed with the idea of like being in a full lockdown and ha- wanting those comfort foods that felt really good to me, but that really also switched at 14 weeks. I really just like right at like 14 weeks, I really just started to crave or want like fresh fruits, lots of avocados, lots of like protein and like lots of salad. I don't know. That was like, yeah, that's kind of been my diet now through like, I guess I'm 29 weeks today. Um, and thank you so much. And it's so that's kind of like where I've been at diet wise. But then my third mistake, I would say, is so I am 29 weeks and our home in the Hamptons, where we will be spending our like fall and winter because our apartment in New York is under renovation, is rented. Uh, We rented it out for July and August, and that's why we went to Canada. It's rented through Labor Day. So I have not bought a single thing for this baby. So I, and I've heard from a lot of people that there's like long lead times on certain items. So I'm starting to think that I need to really (laughs) buckle down and get on the organization tip because... I'm like in my third trimester, I'm seven months pregnant. This baby could come sooner than I think. Right. And the last thing I want is for that to happen and then for us not to be prepared. Like, and when I say I have not bought a single thing, I literally mean I haven't bought one item. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, first of all, don't worry because I think I started stressing out when I would see people being like, 20 weeks nursery complete. And I was like, what the hell? What? Yeah. People like, oh my gosh, I'm part of this Reddit community called Baby Bumps and people like post their like totally finished nursery at like week 25. And it's like the most stressful thing ever. We just- oh my God. Can you send that to me though? Honestly, yes. for inspo. I will send it to you for inspo. Um, I could give birth next week and we are like 95% done with the nursery. So the one thing that's really helpful to realize is the only thing you need you know, babies don't even sleep in a crib until like four months after they're born. So you don't... Yes, I do know that. You just need a bassinet and a car seat. Like those are really the only two things you need. And like some diapers. diapers. Just like Amazon Prime that, like from the hospital. Right. You'll be fine. Right. Okay. Okay. I do think making a registry helps a lot. And I just like copied another very organized mom-to-be I know's registry. And I was like, okay, I need this. I need that. I need that. So I can send you that also. Okay. That would be great. I would love to do that. And I think I do, I should make a registry. Jury's yeah. out on whether or not I have like a baby shower, but even if you don't have a baby shower, can you still make a registry? 
Oh my gosh, of course. Yeah. Just But then like, what do you do? You like send it to your friends and you're like, hey, by the way, <laughs> if you want to give me a gift, like here's my list. People will start to ask. People will start to ask for your okay. like, baby registry. So then you just send it. I don't, I don't like volunteer it. Like link in bio to buy me something. <laughs> okay. Well, no one's asked me. So yeah, no one asked me until like later on. People are like asking okay. like now and I'm like, the baby's almost here. But yeah. Um, okay. And I asked you for your registry. That's true. That's true. That's true. Oh, and I have something I want to send you that's not going to be on your registry. But I also wanted to ask you like what your preparation is for postpartum. Oh my God. So that's an area I'm like very not. Um, okay, good, good, good. So I mean, that's what my, that's what my present's going to be about. Okay. Okay. I'm very excited. Okay. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about the first trimester and your first trimester was different because you um, have gone through this IVF journey, which Mm -hmm. I really want you to talk more about. You've been so transparent on social talking about the whole process and experience, but also just kind of how surreal the first trimester is. And for people, I feel like before I was pregnant, I didn't understand like, why is everything in weeks and how long is the first trimester? But that's the first 13 weeks of pregnancy and it's you know you're looking at these charts and it's like the baby is the size of like a sesame seed and then a blueberry Mm. you're not visibly pregnant but the hormones Mm. are there talk to me a little bit about the IVF but also like what your first trimester was like with IVF okay so my first trimester with IVF was a little bit different I think for women who don't go through IVF because every week I had a checkup Um, So I would have a sonogram or an ultrasound that would let us know that the baby is growing, where if you don't go through IVF, I think, you know, most people, and you can tell me if this is true, but most people just go in for their 12-week appointment. Yeah, it's radio silence. Like you don't really know what's going on for a long time. Right. And until I was about 10 weeks I went in every week to make sure that everything was growing. Um, so that's that was one thing that also kind of helped me peace of mind that everything was going to be like good and copacetic and moving forward. The other thing that was that's like an intense part of the first trimester with IVF is that you are on progesterone. And some women can take progesterone suppositories and some women do the shots. And I did shots. Right. So I gave myself a shot every single night in my bum um, at the same time. And it was just really reassuring because it let me understand that like, I'm giving myself these hormones that are exactly what the baby needs in order to develop properly. So that was really reassuring. And I have to say like the biggest, not the biggest anxiety because like I mentioned, my mistake number two with like letting the media stories get the best of me. But a big part of like another anxiety thing was that at around 11 and a half weeks is when I was weaning myself off the medicine. Coming off those shots were, that gave me anxiety because I was supposed to just trust that my body was going to do what it's supposed to do. When obviously in the past, And the reason why we went to the IVF journey is because my body wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing naturally. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of intense. But then 
I think at like 11 weeks was my last shot. And then there was a week before I went back for a checkup. So that one week where I was not giving myself shock and I hadn't seen the baby was a intense anxiety moment. But then when I went for the checkup, the, you know, at 12 weeks or whatever, and everything was fine, I then like really like started to like just trust the process. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously like we both have mentioned, like stress is not good. Right. Um, so the, I just had to like really push through and really just like trust the process. And then, you know, other things like my nausea was not crazy. I was super tired. Uh, but yeah, again, I same. felt like I was I so felt, tired. Yeah. I felt so lucky, honestly, that, I mean, it sounds so crazy because obviously at the expense of the world was really, really dramatic and, and it was so hard, but I was home, you know, like if I had to have been on a plane four times a week, like I can't imagine how I would have functioned, but right. because I was home, I thought it was like fine that I was so tired and right. a bit nauseous and queasy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Just educate me a little bit more about IVF. I know that you were trying for a while um, and you and Brendan have kind of documented kind of the journey and the highs and lows. How long do you have to try naturally before you can be like a candidate for IVF? It kind of depends because insurance, if you want insurance to cover IVF, I think that there's, and and don't quote me on this, but I think you you have to be trying for a year. Okay. We tried naturally for six months before I found a fertility specialist who then put me on a series of medications to help me ovulate. And so I then worked with her for another year before we decided to go to IVF. Oh, wow. Okay. So quite some time. Yeah. And I know you've talked about um, trying, but also dealing with miscarriages. When you finally like saw the result that like you had in fact, like that it was successful and that you guys were going to have a baby, what did that feel like? I mean, so surreal. It's even still surreal now. Mm. I mean, some mornings I wake up and I look at myself in the mirror and I now have like this belly that I'm like so excited about that I was waiting for, you know, I think my entire pregnancy, I was like, when is this belly coming? <laughs> um, and it still feels surreal. Like every time I feel this baby kick, it's an incredible feeling. I think it's probably something I will miss, even though obviously having the baby is <laughs> the ultimate goal, but there's this bond, you know, you hear people talk about it, and you don't really understand it until it's actually happening. It's amazing. I mean, like, it, in some ways, I still am like wrapping my head around the fact that like we are soon to be three. Yes. Um, yeah. Brendan and I have been, we've been two for so long and we're both so excited, but it's also so much, there's so much of the unknown. Yes. So which, much unknown. yeah. And we're, you know, we're going in blind. Neither of us have done this before. Yeah. I am jealous though that you guys, it seems like you've had an experience of being around babies. I've seen your, when you guys were up at the lake, like Brendan with just like the cutest little girl, just like. So that's our niece. Oh my God. She's so precious. It must be so nice to be around babies. Yeah. it That was really, really, really amazing. It's funny because 
everyone talks about parenting styles. You know, I think obviously we don't know what our parenting style is going to be, but it's just, it's so fun being around a baby and having those conversations. And she's so, such an easy and cute baby that I was like, oh gosh, like she's really setting the bar (laughs) high for the fam. Yeah. But I'm so excited that, you know, her cousin will be like just less than a year younger than her because I was so close to my cousins growing up. And even though, you know, she lives in Canada, hopefully they'll be super close. And that's really cute. Yeah. I mean, your baby's got to know about their Canadian roots too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned the fact that you were in like heading into lockdown in the pandemic. And I can remember, because I think we shared with each other that we were pregnant pretty early on, but I could remember you were kind of in this like camp quarantine with all of these yes. people. Um, I could remember my first trimester being just kind of like irritable, like not, I didn't have like an attitude, but like things definitely like annoyed me more than usual. And I I was thinking like, oh my gosh, Hannah's with all of these people. Like I would be so over it. I would be like, I need to be alone. (laughs) How was it being with so many people also with all of these hormonal changes? So there were, there were great parts and then there were like semi-annoying parts. The great parts were really that these people took care of me. Like mm-hmm. the, we were with one couple who, the, he's an amazing cook and she's just like so selfless. And so there were days where I would like be nauseous or tired. Like I wasn't in the mood to cook dinner for six people. Right. And he would literally like cook dinner and be like, don't even worry, like cook when you want to cook, but otherwise like consider it like figured out, which was so nice. And his girlfriend would never let me like clean the dishes or anything. I mean, some would say like (laughs) they were working for their rent, you know what I mean? But (laughs) they were like, everyone was so, so good to me. And like, just like, let me like live the way I wanted to live. And then at night when people would get like, a bit rowdy because duh it's a pandemic and like people are like you know whiling out especially like it was it was really nice to have friends around because the conversation wasn't always about the pandemic it was nice to have like a, a semblance of normalcy but on those nights that people would get like super rowdy it was like I was I was just excusing myself going upstairs to my room and binge watching Outlander <laughs> Okay. okay. That was like I, your, your thing. That was my escape. Yeah. So, yeah. and then Brendan would be like, oh my God, you slept for, or I would say like, oh my God, I slept for like 10 hours last night. He's like, you were up until two in the morning watching <laughs> Outlander. Like, don't even get it twisted. I was like, okay. That's so funny. Okay. So that sounds like that was a positive experience. I want to move on to the second trimester because I feel like the second trimester, it's like finally kicked in. And that's usually when you start to tell people that you're pregnant? Were you nervous about announcing it to everyone? Was it exciting? I I feel like I remember talking to you beforehand and I was like, Hannah, people are going to be so excited for you. And just seeing like that outpouring of like support and love the day you announced on social was so great. But was it like, okay, this is going to become, does it become more real once you tell people that you're pregnant? So, okay. I, I think it, yes, it does become more real when you tell people that you're pregnant for sure. We told our friends and family like very early on. I think something that I realized um, with our, you know, with our first pregnancy when we miscarried 
was that we hadn't told anyone. And so having to tell people like, hey, I was pregnant, but I miscarried, that felt really weird. And so I kind of wanted my closest friends and family to know that we were pregnant before the second trimester, because if anything went south, I really wanted that support system. So we were telling people um, kind of early on, and we just continued to tell our close friends and family before like announcing it on social. We wanted everyone to be in the know. We didn't want anyone who we were really close with to find out via Instagram. Right. So yeah. So then there was a large wait time between <laughs> um between telling all of our friends and family and then announcing on social because I just I really wanted to have a belly for my announcement like I didn't want to have a sonogram photo like you know what I mean I just like mm-hmm. and I just wanted I just wanted the belly in general yeah. my I, feel like for I, the popped, belly. I popped so soon when did you feel like you like finally like had like a belly and it's so interesting it's so different for everyone like it's different like totally yeah, it's, it's like so such a different range. I mean honestly I don't feel like I really popped until like 26 weeks but oh, yeah. I even now def- people wouldn't know you were pregnant I mean unless you like tell them well I've been trying to wear like clothes that are form-fitting so you can see the belly <laughs> yeah because <laughs> It's so funny though, because I was like, you know, as a New Yorker, like I've always like lived for the moment where like I get onto the subway and someone like gets up and gives me their seat. Yeah. 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 Like those days are gone. Like that's not happening. No one's taking the subway. Like, yeah. No, but so I announced at 24 weeks, which I think is six months. And I would really honestly say that like it started to form like the week before that. So I, as soon as it was happening, I wanted to announce because I felt like some people wait until like 20 weeks, but I just felt like 24 weeks was kind of on the later side. So it was like, you know, I was like excited. I was really excited. And I was like, when is this thing going to appear? <laughs> and then finally at like the first glimpse, I was like, okay, let's go. And it was so amazing. It was so, it's funny because I, I spent a lot of time when trying to get pregnant and preparing for my transfer via IVF, my acupuncturist was like, you really need to visualize yourself pregnant. And I was like, well, I'm having a bit of a hard time visualizing that. And she was like, well, do you visualize your Instagram feed? I'm like, yeah, all the time. She's like, okay, well, visualize yourself pregnant via a setup shot that you want to post on your Instagram feed. Oh, wow. And I know that sounds so weird and like contrived, but it was so helpful. And I really was like, oh my God, I can see it. Like, I know exactly what I want. Like, and I can see my belly. And like, it was just, it, that like shift in perspective as like random as that seems because it's about like social media. But when you're in the business of of being a content creator, I guess you can kind of understand it better, but that it really helped for me. Yeah. Um, Well, visualization is such a powerful tool. So that absolutely makes sense. Totally. Totally. So that's um, something that I've also been like continuing to do as it pertains to like having hopefully an easy labor and just all the things that are next to come. That's also been visualization has also been super, super helpful. So 
I was just going to ask about labor because usually in the second trimester, that's when you do the labor and delivery classes. Have you and Brendan, like, did you guys take any classes? How have you like educated yourself and prepared for labor? I took a hypnobirthing course, which is all about breathing and natural labor. And like, I learned so, like, it's so weird. Like at school, like in health class, I feel like we weren't really taught and background for, for people listening, we went to the same school. So we had the same kind of health class. Like, I feel like we weren't taught a lot about basic female repro. Like, it was like very like wear a condom. Like, it wasn't our yeah. education was not robust in terms of pregnancy. I would completely agree with you. It's funny because like, I feel like this whole, I never expected like my pregnancy to be like a virtual pregnancy. But I have, I signed up for a birthing class, a virtual birthing class that I've been a part of. It's like a six week thing every Thursday. And that's been really good. The teacher who's a doula based in California has some other classes that I'm going to be taking through the fall. And I also have a doula who Brendan and I have had a virtual session with. And she will, then we'll have more sessions with her. I think my next session with her is when I'm 34 weeks. Okay. Um, And then we'll start to talk about like hypnobirthing and all that stuff. But if you have like good courses that you want to share with me, I would love that because I, I haven't really prepared for the techniques that I'm going to need for labor. I mean, I have a bit through this virtual class that I've been a part of, but it also kind of felt like more of a support group mm. than it did of like a technical, like Tactic this is what, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think what's interesting about hypnobirthing is the whole philosophy is that your body is designed to do this and like knows okay. what it's doing. And it's really about like keeping in a calm mental state and breathing through it and just trusting your body to do what it needs to do. I think when you think about the way labor and delivery is portrayed, in movies it's like the woman is screaming and like it's like this wild experience where she's in so much pain and in the hypnobirthing class we watched all of these videos of these women just like very calmly just like they say they call it breathing the baby out but you kind of like learn that it's not this traumatic life event that it's as calm and relaxed as you'd like it to be and you kind of just have to trust your body and that your body knows what it's doing. So that it was really helpful. Yeah. It was really helpful for me. I love that. I mean, I think something I also learned throughout my class is like this is more of an animalistic situation. Yes, so true. And leaning into that is really helpful. But being able to control your breathing, your like nervous system, even your just your mental state of being like open and welcoming and excited as opposed to like leaning into the fear, which I feel like is what you mean, like what you mean, like in terms of what we've been, what the media portrays. Right. Yeah. So I think that that's all extremely true. And I'm, it's funny because I'm not, I'm not really as concerned with my labor as I am with postpartum. Which is honestly, that's smart. I feel like a lot of people focus so much on this like one day that you're going to give birth. It's like, what happens like when you bring the baby home? (laughs) Like that's that's when it gets very real. I also like was joking around with Brendan, but like 
I feel like I'm really good at the main event. Mm-hmm. Like I show up to a main event and I like kill it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's like what I like am trained to do. Yeah. So I'm like not that worried about this main event, like this marathon situation. Right. Like I feel like it's going to happen one way or another. And I'm more interested in the recovery than I am about the actual labor. I mean, of course I am. I'm, you know, I want to enjoy my labor. I want to like labor at home for as long as possible before Mm -hmm. going to the hospital. You know, I want to like be in it, but it's not like freaking me out. That's good. That's good. Is it freaking you out? Before I took this course, absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. But now that I've like educated myself on it, and also I think it really helped taking the classes with Umut because he's like my birthing coach, as you know, now that we're in a pandemic, Mm -hmm. like doulas aren't like you can't, you have one support person. So I think- Although my hospital is letting me have my doula and- Oh, really? Okay, good. Yeah, and my husband. That's great. Yeah, I think I'm not as nervous for that anymore. Um, but I was at first. I was at first. Okay. Let's move on to the third trimester. Cause that's when I feel like, and it's so interesting. You said you're at 32 weeks now. 29. Oh, 29 weeks. Okay. So you're at 29 weeks. I'm at 37 weeks, about to be 38 weeks. There is like a huge difference in physically. Like, I feel like the beginning of the third trimester, I was like, Oh my God, why do people complain? Like being pregnant is great. Like Beginning of third trimester, I was still like, being pregnant is just like the loveliest time of your life. Like it's everything's great. I don't. I'm not that's where this, I'm. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm not saying this to scare you, but like where okay. I am, it's like very real. Like going up the stairs is like an issue. Like when we go out to restaurants and they're like the bathrooms downstairs, I'm like, I may just have to pee in my pants because <laughs> I don't have the energy. I'm sleeping it's very difficult to sleep and like find a comfortable position sleeping. And I'm sure you're feeling like really cute little kicks and movement right now. Those (laughs) um, like jabs to your ribs. Like it just gets very, very real towards the end. It's still a beautiful journey, but the end of the third trimester, like now I understand why women are like, get this baby out of me. It's, it gets rough. I mean, honestly, I've heard that from so many women and I'm definitely just in the beginning of the third trimester. So I'm still like feeling cute, like feel like everything's good. Like I'm still mobile, but like, I feel like I'm also about to hit this crazy growth spurt because I mean, this baby still has like at least four pounds to grow or like three pounds. I guess the baby, I just went last week and the baby's, um, two pounds, eight ounces. Oh my God. Yeah. My baby's 7.6 already. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, I've got like, I've got pounds to put, to put on this baby's got to grow. So I know I'm about to hit a growth spurt. I know things are about to get super, super real. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean, so far so good, but I, it's, I'm about to get into it for sure. Yeah. Have you had any hip or back pain? I saw you got some body work done. You, you did some acupuncture. Yes, I did. There was this amazing guy who was in Canada who works for like the Olympic um, US winter team, um, winter sports as a, as a physio. His name is Chris Clashin. 
and he was amazing. He came by and he just like, cause you know, I wasn't sleeping in my own bed. And so just like a little bit of like hip soreness, a little bit mm-hmm. of neck, like a little bit of like neck stuff, just like I carry my stress in my neck. But other than that, like things are good still. Like I don't have any swelling in my ankles. I'm literally knocking on wood as I say all of this. Um, <laughs> I have no like swelling yet. And I still feel like fairly mobile and I, I haven't really had any joint pain. I've been working out. I've been stretching. Part of the what we did in the prenatal birthing class was like uh, certain exercises that are like good for hip opening and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I still feel, feel pretty good. I think it's going to, you know, over the next like month and a half, things are definitely going to shift for sure. But, you know, hopefully like we're going to be, we're not hopefully we will be back in our home. So sleeping in my own bed and finally getting my pregnancy pillow delivered um, will be amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. That C-shaped pillow is a game changer. But then also I get so hot at night and this didn't really happen until like the middle of the third trimester, but like, unless it's freezing cold, I like can't fall asleep. And I like wake up sometimes being so hot. Do you wake up several times to pee in the middle of the night? Because... I used to, but then I realized if I stopped drinking water about an hour and a half before bed, that I can sleep through the night. Oh, wow. Okay. That's great. I should try doing that because I wake up like four times a night to pee. What? Yeah. Yeah. How much water are you drinking? I mean, I feel like I'm drinking water all day long, but I do drink water, a lot of water at night after dinner. And maybe I should just try to stop sooner. Yeah, like I'm trying to drink all of my water before dinner and then drink little water after dinner. And that's like helped a lot. Okay, that's smart. Maybe I need to do that. And are you are you ramping down on work? Like I have I'm on maternity leave um at Instagram, so I'm not like doing day-to-day stuff there. And then I'm trying to record as much of my podcast as I can so I can kind of like once the baby comes, just focus on that and not have a lot of other work to do. But you know, you're a very in-demand creator. I'm sure lots of people want to work with you, and I'm sure you're getting like all of these offers and partnerships. Are, do you feel like you're like slowly tapering off, or are you going to continue to work? Oh, God, Brooke, this is really the question of the hour. Um, <laughs> honestly, work has never been crazier. I'm very grateful to have work during this time, but it does not feel like it's slowing down anytime soon. And mm. if anything, this baby is bringing on a whole new category right. that I have never experienced. Right. So I really do need to take a moment and figure out what my maternity leave looks like because a lot of these brands that are in the mommy space, you know, want to be a part of the delivery and want to know what's happening three weeks postpartum. And, you know, it's, I'm like, okay, what is actually doable in my wheelhouse? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it means just like adjusting timelines because of course I'm going to be, you know, this is like my, this is like my business. Like, of course I'm in the business of like recording my life at this point. Right. So it's not that I'm not going to be creating the content, but the editing and the deliverables and all right. of that type of stuff. Like, I think I just need to really kind of map out 
the calendar and what that looks like. And maybe I'm sharing everything a couple weeks later, mm-hmm. you know, then like it's more of a reflection or I'm sharing my third week postpartum journey at seven weeks postpartum right. and all. And that's kind of what I've been doing with the, my pregnancy, right? Like yeah. I filmed all this content before I announced and now I'm able to go back and share all that stuff because I want people to, you know, feel like they're part of the journey. But, you know, I, I wasn't publicly sharing stuff in real time. So I'm just trying to figure out like what that cadence is. To be honest, it's... <laughs> still figuring I'm, it out. I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. Still figuring it out. Well, okay. I can't let you go without asking if you have any new beauty or wellness faves. We also have to give a shout out to your amazing bath bombs because those are incredible. And it's like so relaxing to take a bath during pregnancy and just like sit in water that's infused with goodness. But yeah, I want to know, are there any like new beauty rituals or products that you've really been enjoying while you've been pregnant? Okay, so um, I love, first of all, the shout out to my bath bombs because yes. they've been a full game changer. And and I will say that I have been taking CBD through my pregnancy. Okay. Um, I've felt comfortable doing that. And it's, I think, to each their own. But I found that like I have a sleep tincture that also helps me sleep. And so the bath bomb is also just like the most relaxing. And I can't wait to get back into my house so I can take a bath. Then other products uh, that I've been loving, my skincare routine hasn't changed that much just because I am pretty good about using clean products um, in general. Okay. But I've noticed that I've really, there's like probably three or four products that I just like have been obsessed with lately. So one is this Lash Boost from Rodan and Fields. Okay. Like it could be the pregnancy, but it could be the lash boost, but my lashes are on another level. That's great. And it's like so nice because you want to still feel cute when you're pregnant. So that's really nice. Then I have this magnesium spray that I spray on my stomach before bed and on my thighs and on my arms um, that helps me sleep better. And it's from my acupuncturist. It, her name's Amy Raup. It's A-I-M-E-E-R-A-U-P-P. And it's called Magnese Oil. And I just like spray it on before I go to bed and it's wonderful. And it's like calming and centering. Oh yeah. It's, it's everything. And then I have a retinol alternative that I've been using since before I was pregnant, but it's incredible. It's this balm. They call it ancestral recuperative balm, a natural Mm. retinol with Baltic amber and CoQ10. Wow. Who makes this? Yeah. It's from a a brand called Bella Nectar and it's B-E-L-A-N-E-K-T-A-R. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Cause you can't use mm-hmm. retinol or salicylic yeah. acids while pregnant. So, okay. Right. And then I have these glycolic pads that I've been using from Dr. I think, yeah. Dr. Loretta. Okay. You about that yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. So I use the glycolic pads and I use this recuperative bomb and it's amazing. And then I've been using like all of the belly oils. Yes. Yes. Which belly oils are you liking? I like uh, the brand Pie. 
Yeah, Pi makes great stuff. And I also like Waleda. Yeah, Waleda is such like nourishing, rich. So good. Yeah. And then my acupuncturist also makes an organic belly butter that's amazing as well. Shea butter based? Coconut oil, cow butter, shea butter, arnica oil, rose hip seed, geranium, frankincense. Yeah, so uh, nice. Yeah, and it's all natural. That sounds like a beautiful blend. uh, Yeah, it's so good. And then the last thing I'll say, oh, I've been using a vitamin C that I really like from a brand called Soma Ayurvedic. Okay. Love Ayurvedic beauty. Yeah. And it feels more of like an oil than it does of a balm. Or I mean, than it does of a serum. Okay. I feel like glowy and hydrated and it's great. And I love it. Love, love. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like you're taking really good care of yourself during pregnancy. (laughs) And it sounds like your journey has been really positive so far, which and I I would say for the most part, mine has been too with like a few missteps along the way. But it's just, it's a very special time, isn't it? Totally. I mean, it's such a learning curve, right? I mean, it's wild. Just like listening to your body and trusting the process in itself is such a huge part of the journey. And then you've got all the other things that you've got to think about on top. So yeah, it's been, I, I feel so lucky to be going through this process. And honestly, I know this sounds weird, but like, it's a great time to have a baby. It is. It is. You know, like we're going to be nesting for the next like year because yeah. no one's going to be working. You, know, Everyone's working from home. I don't know, in a way, you know, my lifestyle has had to slow down because of the world's events, Mm -hmm. which has really been a welcomed shift and a shift that I knew was going to happen regardless. But now it's like, okay, everyone's pregnant. Everyone's pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. None of us can travel. None of us can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. And and hopefully, you know, you'll come back 2021 and, and we can talk about what motherhood is like. Cannot wait. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Hannah, for your time. And also, I want to say before you go, thank you for all of your activism. Like you were like DJing for Kamala Harris. Like You've been doing incredible, incredible things just in terms of getting the word out about voting, um, making people aware about voter suppression. Like I've, I've really been so impressed with how you are using your platform for change, um, as well as your very honest and authentic storytelling. But I think we're seeing like activist Hannah, you know, kind of fully emerge in this time too, which has just been beautiful to see. I mean, thank you so much. It's been like, it's been a real interesting road and I just have felt so compelled to, to share my thoughts in a, in a, very different way than I was sharing before. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting how just like the world's events have just shifted the way that storytelling for me is evolving. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like I've really kind of found my footing, but I will say, wait, I wanted to tell you that after I DJed for Kamala, she called me. Oh my God. What? Yes. She literally, I was sitting at dinner with my in-laws at the cottage and my phone rang and I'm like, oh, this is a weird, like California, like area code. And Brendan's like, like, pick it up. And he never says to pick up random numbers. (laughs) So I was like, okay. And I picked it up and I was like, hello. And she she was like, hi, Hannah, like this is Senator uh, Kamala Harris. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, oh my God, Senator. 
Oh and we had like God. a five minute chat. I couldn't oh believe it. And God. then obviously she got the numb, like, you know, a month later. And now my, my father-in-law is making jokes that, you know, the VP nod called the cottage in Canada. Like, oh my okay. God. Yeah. Maybe you'll do yeah. at the inauguration. Who knows? I mean, hopefully that would be oh, epic. I might, I might be literally 39 weeks pregnant because my due date is a, like a week after the election. Yeah. Well, the inauguration happens, I think, January 20th. So you'll have like a little baby on your hip. Oh, hello. Look at you with the dates. Okay. Yeah. Love it. It's all happening. Um, well, that's here's to visualizing the situation. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you again, Hannah, so much for coming on. And I will link to everything in the show notes where I also have to link to your bath bombs because they're amazing and people can um, see all of your content and videos. And yeah, you're just absolutely killing it. And I'm so happy that we've had this experience of being pregnant during a pandemic at the same time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 